Welcome to the Philosophy Podcast, where host and lacrosse expert Jamie Monroe will do what he does best, talk about lacrosse. Each episode will provide listeners with education, insights, stories, and lessons about the lacrosse world. We will discuss current events, coaching, philosophies, and college lacrosse recruiting. Now let's get started with your host, Jamie Monroe. The Philacrosophy Podcast is brought to you by Oxia Time, a cool watch company focused on university-branded watches. John Canaris is the founder of Oxia Time, and he was the goalie at Penn in the late 80s who led his team to the Final Four. John is actually best known for being the goalie that Gary Gate dunked on in the Air Gate. Oxia Time makes beautiful, Swiss-made, authentic watches whose design and quality match the essence of the universities they represent. I can attest to the quality of these watches. John hooked me up with a sweet Brown University Oxia watch, and I think it's the nicest thing I own. Initially licensed with eight Ivy League schools, Oxia keeps adding new schools each month. One of the coolest things Oxia offers is custom timepieces to commemorate championships or to celebrate storied teams. Check out the UVA Lacrosse Championship watch. It's sick. Princeton did a really nice one last year as well. Oxia even did an LSU football championship watch this year. For any teams interested in creating a custom watch this season, Oxia will upgrade it at no extra cost to a championship watch if your team wins a conference or national championship next year. For players, parents, and coaches interested in custom team watches, check them out at oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A time.com. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another Flying Solo podcast. Today's topic is the greatest play in sports, the give and go. It really is, too. Who doesn't love watching a give and go in lacrosse, in soccer, in hockey, in basketball, even in field hockey or water polo? A give and go is just a beautiful thing that shows so much IQ and unselfishness. The smartest players are always looking for give and goes. It's so much better than the give and stand there too. How many times do we see that? The old give and stand there, that'll, uh, that'll clog up an offense pretty quick. Um, sadly though, we don't see a ton of give and goes. We really don't. There's so many opportunities. Every time I catch the ball in the wing, I'd be like praying the midi would like do a give and go so I could pop a little BTB feed to him. When I think back to growing up, I, I, uh, I played high school and college lacrosse with uh, a good buddy named Bernie Bonanno. Uh, we went to Moses Brown and then on to Brown. He was a year older than me. And we always had these little give and go plays. So in high school, we had this play, it was called GG right or GG left. And it was basically just a give and go GG. And we're, I'd throw, we were both lefties. I'd whip it to him, cut back door. He'd feed me. Although he did get me blown up one time. My, my sternum literally still cracks. Uh, I got hit so hard by some kid from Nobles. Um, but when we went to college, I was playing midfield. He was playing attack. And I remember we had this little play. We always had little plays together. And this little play was, I'll, I'll throw it down to you, right-handed. He's a lefty attackman. And I'll just jog into the crease like I'm not doing anything. And then I'll cut back for the ball. And we scored a huge goal in what became an OT, OT win, 1986, Brown out of Delphi. 
And Adelphi was uh, an excellent Division One program back at that time. Guys like Frank Tashman and Gordy Purdy. Um, but we we also like had these little fish hook plays, you know, which you'll see now in these day, in this day and age. But I don't know why we did these ourselves. I guess because there was just a we play a lot of other sports and we just kind of did give and goes, and also because we were more like out of the sandlot model where you, where you'd draw up your own plays when you played touch football, you'd be like, all right, I'm going to go down and out and up and, and you just figure it out. And that was kind of how kids communicated. Now we see a lot of scripted give and goes. I remember preparing for Duke back in the Kevin Cassis days. And they always had this awesome little give and go. They throw it down to their lefty attackman. And it was like Cassis or one of these really athletic minis would just cut hard, get the ball back. And so we would scout it, you know, and, 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 and remind our defensemen to remind our middies, watch out for the give and go. Hopkins did this for a while. I think there was a kid, a kid named Guida, lefty midi, really fast kid for Hopkins. They would always kick off their, their game with like an opener give and go play, which would get them oftentimes an easy look. But we, we don't really see the natural give and go. And I'm telling you, it's there all the time. And um, neither the, the cutter you know, or the feeder are really looking for it. It's pretty interesting in sports like soccer and hockey. I don't know if you ever thought about this, but there's a lot more give and goes. And one of the reasons I think is because in soccer, let's say, if you're a player that is the best player and you really want the ball a lot, well, you just can't dribble through everybody. So if you want to get the ball a lot, you do a give and go a lot. You get the ball back. Your best player is being rewarded for giving goes because the best player wants the ball. And it would be the same in hockey too. Certainly in basketball, there's a little bit more of a reward for cutting. And I think you see more give and goes probably in basketball In box lacrosse. You see a lot of give and goes. That's an environment that promotes it. Why? Well, we, you should listen to the box lacrosse podcast that I did uh, a couple of weeks ago, but partly because in, they need to swing the ball in order to like move the goalie. So you'll see like give and goes, you know, even on, on power play where you, you might see like a skip pass across and a skip pass right back to somebody going back door because the easiest goal they can score would be when the goal is on one pipe and you can zip it across the crease to the other pipe. Um, the other thing too, is that similar to the soccer analogy I gave you a second ago in box lacrosse, it's, it's easier to get a step on your man and give it up and get it back in the middle than it would be to maybe dodge it all the way into and through the middle. So the best players looking to give it up to get it back. And then off the two man, there, there are incredible opportunities off of two man game for give and goes too, uh, which I'm gonna get into in a little bit more depth in a couple of minutes. Um, but the field across environment, it's there. It's there all the time. Um, and sadly it's not really looked for. And I, it's mostly because uh, a, the, the amount of structure, uh, that's out there, you know, kids are being told, I mean, listen, we're constantly telling our kids to, to, to pass and cut all day long. There's a little bit of interest between pass and cut and give and go though. And also give and go, you know, part of this, it's all the free will idea. You kind of have to just see it. You gotta just do it. I would say that you can tell a lot about a player's IQ as to whether they look for give and goes, whether as the cutter or the feeder. You know, like I mentioned before, like as a lefty attackman, I would just pray that a midi would throw it to me and look to cut. 
And I would always, I, I reference popping a BTV because a lot of times you don't even, you can cut with speed if you're faster than your guy. You know, you can, you can kind of pretend like I did in that example against Adelphi in 1986 that you're just jogging into the crease and then make your cut. You can fool them that way. But with this concept of the behind the back feet, it's actually kind of cool too, because once, once the cutter kind of gets even with the attackman, the on-ball defender relaxes and you can slide a behind the back feet into space ahead of them. And, and just <laughs> the guy could have actually been covered, but he won't be once, once the defender relaxes, which, which they will too. And I think that people looking for the give and go as the feeder, I mean, how many times have you given the ball and been wide open and they just don't look right back? The right back look is, it's, the, it, it's oftentimes the best look. And everyone's, it's funny because when I play pickup and I do play a lot with, with my kids and with Jane three athletes and stuff like that, the kids that have played a lot of pickup, they'll always see you when you throw a give and go because you can see it before it happens. And you know, you're both kind of hoping that the defense relaxes or that the person's looking for it. And, and the players that are pretty much new to pickup, they never see it. They're always looking for the next thing. I'm not sure what they're looking for, or they're always moving the ball on, even if it's sort of like an uneven game, you know, where it's like a, a three on two game. If you're top center and you throw it down to the righty and they just look across instead of just looking right back. Um, I was having a chat before this with uh, my boy, a Hilgi, Andrew Hillgartner, head coach at McDonough. Um, and we were talking about the fact that I was going to do this podcast. And he just said, the simple act of passing and moving is so powerful. And it truly is. Give and go is teach you a read. Well, they teach you how to get open for sure. And there's a lot of ways to do it. We're going to talk about that later. Uh, it also teaches you how to get covered. It also teaches you how to create space. A give and go can kind of be like a seal, honestly. Um, what's the difference between a seal slip and a give and go right across the front of a defender. It's, it's about the same. And there's serious IQ and reads um, that go into that. Um, Calvert Hall head coach, Brian Kelly, and the late great Dave Huntley created an offense that won them multiple MIA championships at Calvert Hall with the read and react offense. And it was completely based on the give and go. It's like, okay, we're going to base everything we do off this give and go. You're going to have to cover our give and go. And then you're going to have to, we're going to, you know, be able to cut into the space. Sometimes it would be like a draft cut, kind of like an X cut. Other times it might just be filling into that space. Sometimes they would turn their give and go into a two-man game or something. But the idea though, is that the give and go is so powerful. As Hilgi says, um, you can build a whole offense around it. Um, if you want to see more on that, the read and react offense, um, it's in the coaches training program. You should check it out. And uh, BK, if you're listening, we got to get part two going on that ASAP. Um, not surprisingly, the Sandlot model, the pickup game model, which I've talked about as it's a lot like box across. Um, it, it teaches give and goes big time. Um, obviously different games that we play elicit different options. Um, man, I love this game. I call two on two, two V two FG. It's a, it's a three on three game really. 
but you'll have on offense, you'll have a two on two plus a feeder on the opposite side. And then you'll have two defenders and a goalie on the other team. And what this does is it teaches incredible opportunities for two man game, give and go and nations types of opportunities. Um, so awesome. 4v4 plus a goalie is a sick game too, because it's pairs offense and you really learn how to swing the ball and you learn how to do your give and goes and your nation's looks like right in the middle of two-man games. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of Claremont. It's a secondary school in uh, Victoria, BC. It's run uh, the program. It's been around, it's where the Gate Brothers went. Um, it's been around for a long time and they kind of have like an academy there. Similar like the Hill Academy, except it's a public school. Um, you pay something, but it's a lot less than what you would pay at like an IMG or something like that, which are these full-fledged academies. It's, it's a pretty neat model where kids from all over the island can go. And, um, and it's run by Darren Rising. And they, they play a really interesting brand of box field type of lacrosse in which um, they, they do this, they do a lot of give and goes. And so we... Uh, a guy that used to uh, coach for, for me in 3D is a guy named Peter Warstel. He came back and said, yeah, man, Claremont rules. Claremont rules, named after Claremont. He went up and watched Claremont and Darren Rising. Claremont rules simply, it's two to three second rule with the ball in a give and go. It, it's actually a pretty awesome way to teach the game. That give and go teaches so many things. And, and the, th the two to three second rule with the ball really gets people's heads up. And it, and it not only creates the movement of the give and go itself, but the movement of, all right, if we only have two to three seconds with a ball, the other off ball players got to start moving too. So we would do that maybe in uneven or all even type of games or in keep away games, but it's a great way to work on your give and goes. Um, you know, but in the end, there are so many scenarios and I'm not going to go through all of them here, but I, I thought of a few that I felt like I would just chat about. Um, one is, okay, so think about this. When the ball is in the air, if you can get your defender to look at the ball, you're going to get open. But kind of, you know, so a lot of people look at the ball when the ball is in the air. So it's pretty funny. In my pickup games, you know what I do sometimes is like, I'll like purposely like float a relatively short pass kind of up in the air with a little bit of a lob trajectory just so that I can give my defender a little bit more time to see the ball so I can take off, you know, but this works on long passes. You know, you throw a long pass or a skip pass through the defense, you will generally get a defender to see the ball in the air. Any kind of a lob pass uh, will do that. Um, Likewise, if you kind of throw the ball and pause for a second and stand there like you're doing nothing, like if you, if you throw the ball and do a really quick give and go while they're still looking at you, they'll probably defend you. But if, if you kind of pause for one second and get, the, get their attention turned, you'll be able to, to cut and you'll get open. How about this? Have you thought about using dodges to set up give and goes? Getting a step on your man and giving it up. I reference this in the box lacrosse example, and this happens a lot in box, happens a lot off a two-man game. But but if you like little wrinkle, you know, I'm a lefty, I'll say I like wrinkle left to left on my man and I get a step and then I give it up. Well, my defender is naturally going to relax for a second when I give it up. 
And all of a sudden I, I already had a little step and now I got a bigger step. How about everybody works on hitch and goes? How about a hitch and go, give and go? If you wind up and someone's approaching you and you make it look like you're shooting and then you just give it up, you will be able to so often get a step on your defender and get it right back. Or how about when you're being overplayed? You know, in basketball, you see LeBron do this. He'll like get the ball and he'll like sell three pointer and get his man up in the air. Sometimes maybe he'll get his guy to foul him, but other times he'll get his guy up in the air just so that he can give it up and go and get it back. If you've played a lot of hoops, you've probably done this before or had it done to you. You can do this in lacrosse too. Anytime someone's overplaying you and pressuring you, you know, if you're, in a, if you're a, a lefty attackman and you're getting some pressure and you're trying to throw it to the midfielder and you're like leaning into them and you step away and you draw their stick to get into the lane of your passing angle and you throw it and, and you zip that ball kind of underneath their check and you're cutting back door on that exact play, you will get a backdoor step. And you can do this in the midfield. You can do this on attack. But when you're being overplayed, you can use their momentum against you. Um, in two-man games, as I've referenced a couple of times, the opportunities for give and goes are pretty sick. So think about nations, right? Nations is a two-pass pick and roll. So it could be that I'm a lefty. Um, I do a pass down, pick down on my side with another lefty. And that lefty comes over the top and they throw it across to a righty. And I cut and that righty feeds me. That would be nations. And the reason why that works is because if there's a switch. So if my man, as I'm picking down for that other lefty, as he's coming over the top, if my man is switching or hedging to switch, when I slip out of there, I'm open. So of course you could just feed a pick and roll, but by throwing it to the other side, it gives you a nice angle. That's a nation's look. So let's think about this. Let's say it's a pass down, pick down to me. I'm a lefty and another lefty is coming down and now they're not switching. So we're not gonna slip that pick. We're gonna stick that pick. If you haven't checked out the hang up two man, go, go to two man, game.com. Check this stuff out. You'll understand better what I'm talking about, but I'm going to invite if they're not switching and they're staying and they're going to come over the top of this pick, then I'm going to look for my give and go. The nation's look won't be there because they're not switching. But if the, if the picker sticks his pick rather than slips the pick, I'm going to be able to come over the top of this and give the ball up to the righty and get it right back myself. I invite them over the pick they don't switch. Now they're in a trail position. I give it up and get it back. Like I told you before, I could probably have just dodged it to the middle, but by giving it up, everybody relaxes and it gives me more time in the middle. Whereas if I keep attacking the middle, my man's going to fight harder. Granted, I don't think he's going to catch up because he's in a permanently trailing position, but everybody else is going to slide and collapse. There's also really cool things you can do too. I mean, when you hang up two players, like and hang up two men, and you just zip the ball across. Yes, you're setting up a nation's look because you've hung up two players, but you're also setting up your give and go, either by the pause that I kind of referenced before, or, or maybe you just like zip it and, and cut back door, you don't even cut top side, and just get people to cover you. It's back to the idea of like, hey, get open or get covered. Either way, it's great because if you're getting covered, you know, then that's, that's good for the offense. How about in transition? There's tons of opportunities in transition. Obviously, just the pure give and go, you know, 
So say it's a five on four and you're one of the two middies coming down against one midi. Give it up, throw it down to that lefty attackman, look to get it back. Maybe you'll get open. But if you don't get open, who's guarding you? Well, the, it's, it was a two on one in the midfield, right? That, that makes your five on four. Well, that midi has to guard you all the way down or you're going to be open. And if he guards you all the way down, now we can reverse it right back to that space to the other midfielder. I remember learning that from Nick Myers a few years back. Uh, they would run their transition a lot like that. It was really interesting. Anytime you're throwing the ball from midfield to attack, there's great opportunities. And I referenced this before too. I mean, you can throw it down there and just pretend like you're not doing anything and then just jog into the crease like you're just replacing and then cut. You could fake a pick. You can like throw it down to the attackman and, 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 and look at a teammate and be like, yeah, 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 right here, right here. Use this pick, 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 and then slip it yourself. Anytime you're picking away, it's a great time for a give and go. Um, sometimes you're just faster than your man. You can just beat them. Other times, like I told you, the, the behind the back feed will just open you up. You will get open on that. It's, it's a natural, you know, there's like, I call them phenomenons in lacrosse. It's probably not a great word for it, but it's a natural phenomenon that when you, when you run and you go even with the feeder on the wing, your man will naturally relax and that feeder can slide a BTB into space and you'll just catch it and score like an easy one. Obviously, when you're passing to X from the wing, there's great opportunities like, like I referenced with my my, my Moses Brown Brown teammate, um, you know, if you get the defender to turn their head or if you're kind of dodging with speed and throw it to X and maintain your momentum, you can just get to the middle. It's pretty awesome. Um, EMO and zone offense, there's tons of opportunities for give and goes. Back in the 90s, Princeton used to run, uh, Metsy used to run this uh, look called 14 follow it was a man up play where they just, I don't know, they put Josh Sims or Lauren Smith or somebody out top in the one, four, one, and they'd throw it down in the wing and the string, you know, guy in that diamond would be getting down and the wing guy would kind of look like he was going to throw it to X and then, and then they would cut or step down from that position to their strong hand, just hammer one. It's a great look uh, on, on zone offense too. I mean, let's just, just imagine your top, you know, you're in the top lefty shooter spot, maybe you're or the righty alley, let's say, and, and you're a right-handed player, you throw it down to the lefty attackman and you do a give and go. That's about as basic as it gets for zone offense because they have to pass you off and cover you and follow you the same way that they would as if you were dodging. So if you've got that short stick in a, in a classic shorties up on the wings zone and you do a give and go with the lefty, that shorty has to follow you down. Now, you've got draft cut and follow cut opportunities. And if they pass you off too early, then you'll be open. And if they, who are they going to pick you up with? They're going to have to pick you up with the crease guy. But if there's another crease guy in there, it opens things up. The give and go is so basic and so simple. How about the right back? The give and go in, in terms of giving it right back in a scrape situation. What is a scrape situation? In man up or zone, it's when one defender is on the ball and when you move it, that same defender who's trying to split two follows the pass and scrapes back to that pass. Well, that's just an automatic right back when you see that. 
And it happens all the time because at some point defend, you know, not every defense wants to rotate on every pass. They want to try to split. They want to try to hedge play in the middle. And you got to be able to see that right back. And that right back is as basic as it comes. If somebody follows a pass, it's right back. The other thing is, is that, you know, that, that reversal, that right back situation is phenomenal for opening up skip passes. I want you to think about a four on three situation right now. Say you're doing a four on three drill. If, if the two players out top throw it across and right back, it, it brings two defenders to those two players, two different defenders. Obviously, if they scrape, we're going right back. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like, okay, the, the righty shooter has it, throws it to the lefty shooter. Someone rotates up, and you throw it right back to the righty shooter. He's going to have a skip pass to the low lefty guy all day. That It opens up skip passes on reversals big time. That's why you see in box lacrosse so often, or even at the University of Denver, you'll see them like throw back and forth between two players a few times because it, 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 it makes defenders come out and play you. It spreads the defense out when you reverse the ball. There's really no go in that give and go, but it is a right back. Same, same is true in all even, actually. If you were to just simply out top, we used to do this all the time, but if we were going to get the ball up and over, um, sometimes we go up and over and just dodge it. But other times we might reverse it right back and it spreads the defense out a little bit. And it's also a good way to get the ball up and over and right back to a shorty if that was the matchup you're looking for or, or to whatever matchup you want. But um, all in all, it's been a lot of fun thinking about giving goes. I'm sure there's a million of scenarios that I've forgotten, like flips. How about a flip and go? It's a pretty sick little play, actually. You flip it and then, and then look to cut back against the grain. If you're out top, you get wide open. It's kind of like nations too. You flip and go. It's like a flip nations. There are so many amazing things to do with give and goes. The problem is, is that we all already know this. How do we get people to do it? Well, certainly sports like soccer and hockey teach it. Box across in these pickup games. If you haven't listened to the free play pickup game, I really highly recommend you do. Um, and um, if you want to learn how to get this going at home, backyardcurriculum.com. Be the best 19 bucks you ever spent. All right, everybody. Have an awesome weekend. Thanks.